Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. guys what's up hello everybody welcome back to episode 84 84 84 so week later week later. literal week later yeah yeah we, we're just for you guys it's gonna be two weeks later true uh, for us it was a week which i don't think we ever done this i we? think i think it was like one other time and uh, i think when we did that we said i don't think we ever did this <laughs> so i'm getting senile i got it that's all good <laughs> So last time we were talking about the object of politics. Yep, what it is, what it does, and we wound up talking a lot about this idea of um, like a, a community or a collective body, whether it be through a state or not a state, mm-hmm. making decisions and doing things yeah. for that body in the name of the quote-unquote good, good, whatever that is. And we said this often involves authority or control or, control. or something like that. And, and towards the end of the episode, we alluded to the fact that we would now kind of look at that in the, the most dim and violent, I suppose, of collective enterprises, which is war. Uh, which I think the first thing that might sound like odd to people as this idea that we are putting war within the political means mm. as and maybe that's that's a question actually right that's one of the questions like figuring out how and if war is kind of a continuation of politics or not mm. and at the same time another question might be how this what is what is kind of the object of all this what are we trying to to do with uh, what politics decided to, if there's anything else you know if we include war in that what else is what it becomes truly the object of politics because it seems sometimes that politics is about fairness or mm. uh, the good right but then the moment we deploy this thing that we call war things start seeing probably probably they seem less rosy from a political perspective right yeah I, I could see already the thing you're saying where from one stance you could say it's the most political thing mm-hmm. and then from the other stance you say no it's it's the least political thing it, it's like the negation Apotic. of politics right that's mm-hmm. the whole point it like implodes on itself um and, and i think it'll be interesting to kind of hash those things out because maybe the maybe the easier one and I don't know if it's correct or incorrect, but the first one that comes to my mind is the the first one I said that it is the most political. In what sense? In the sense that war is usually you well, always <laughs> used as a tool mm-hmm. by a collective body mm-hmm. to achieve some end. Okay. Which seems to be exactly how we define politics in the last episode. Um, now it is usually. Always at the expense of another group, political group, mm-hmm. right? But it, but it is certainly 
seems to be a a political maneuver insofar as it involves an, an aim mm-hmm. and some kind of organization mm-hmm. loosely construed. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that that seems to be um, – that's definitely a way of thinking about war, right? So war is uh, – how will we define that as a political tool, a political mean? Or is it like – is it – I suppose is it accidental – is it accidental to politics that I accidentally use? stepped on the bomb button, <laughs> <laughs> meaning that it is is it like a, can there be politics without war, or is it war like a, interesting an intrinsic characteristic of of politics? Because again, sometimes when we think of war, rightly so, we tend to think of the more um, how can we call it spectacular sense of it, explosion firing like weapons and stuff like that mm-hmm. but let's not forget that for years and decades we had this thing called the cold war where yep. there were not bullets fired at least between the, the two the two big powers there right they were proxy wars but and there was still a war consider yep and now some people say that it's becoming a cold war with china exactly right so where we we see kind of this political stuff but it's still considered war so is it possible to have War, but better politics without war at all. Can is it possible, or is a war again a part of an an intrinsic aspect of politics? This is interesting, um, and it's making me think of different stuff that people have said about the relationship between war and the state. Mm-hmm. Now I know it was so like we had a little bit different positions on this. I was more so of the mindset that the state was part of politics and you had this idea that like politics exists outside of the state or could Mm -hmm. exist Mm -hmm. outside of the state um and i'm thinking of two things that two very different philosophers one is this uh anarchist philosopher murray rothbard Mm -hmm. and he has this book anatomy of the state and he says something like war is essentially the health of the state okay so which is interesting because you usually think of it as a destructive thing. Yes. And somehow this destructive thing is to ensure the the continuity of this, you know, monopoly of, of force or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, Deleuze who – I forget what book it is, but like the first axiom mm-hmm. says something like the war preceded the state. Yeah, kind of Hobbesian also and right? I, yeah because it's like the the topic of a bunch of um what'd you say what's the word like stories like mm-hmm. ancient wisdoms and and tales and things yeah. like that so it was always there even yeah. outside of the state yeah but something in common seems to be different mm. right like there's one thing and there's another thing and there's some kind of difference between these two things, and one or both sides wants to either like abolish the difference, and the way they do that is through this thing called war. It may not be the first option. Okay. Can we explicitly make an example of this? Yes. Because I think, uh, while I understand what you're saying, I think... If- yeah, yeah. Okay, so so let's there. go American Revolution. Yeah. So you have uh, pre-American colonies, people being part of England, 
Yeah, Great Britain, yeah. Right, uh, Great Britain. And being upset, I guess to use a, a loose phrase, yeah. about the fact that the government doesn't represent them, mm-hmm. uh, that they don't have certain freedoms. Uh, and so... They don't feel represented. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they're still being taxed, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the government is taking this stuff from me and not giving me something in return. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of, to use our language, not living up to their end of the social contract. Yep. Um, so they're like, hey, what you're doing is not the thing that we want. Difference. Yeah. Right? What state is doing what we want. We need to solve this problem. And I suppose one way you could try to solve the problem is just to address it. Yes. Uh, see if they are like, oh, yeah, you're right, and change. Another way you can try to solve the problem is to negotiate. We were just doing MLK in, in one of my classes. So you kind of compromise both sides but have some harmony at the end. And then if those things fail, the last resort is is war, which is mm-hmm. an attempt to somehow overcome that difference either by totally seceding okay and and um how would you say escaping control that you don't consent to or by uh consuming something so that it you control it and it becomes part of you and you become homogenous so the the idea is um homogeneity right Homogeneity or homogeneity, yeah. he, uh, heterogeneity. No, well, even in the secession part, in reality, you're just taking one part out. The part that is not homogeneous, you're taking it out, and you just keep the homogeneous part, right? Kind of. Sure. That's yeah, yeah. I can see it that way. So the clue, the goal of war, you're saying, is to kind of resolve differences by it's to increase. Equality, but not in, in the sen- in the in the moral sense, if you want, hmm. to make things more uniform. Uniform consensus is that what of someone, like of whoever some- it is. So it seems to be it's reasonable, I think, to 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 think that. I'm wondering though if sometimes instead, uh, if there are instances where what we're trying to do is actually to diversify. Rather than if there are any wars that are fought for the opposite reasons, because we want to add uh, diversity or difference, mm-hmm. rather than, than, than if there are certain situations where there's too much of this uniformity and we mm-hmm. want to break it down and we have wars because of that. Because this seems to be sometimes the the, what can we say? the specific character of some revolutions which end up in being wars. Yeah, I think that is true, but only if we use um, a different definition then of um, homogeneity or okay. something, right? Because in the first case, it's that we, we there's a difference and then we want the difference resolved. So there's some kind of homogeneity, either by one group consuming another or by the group splitting up and each having their own respective homogenous mm-hmm. zones mm-hmm. Um, and being autonomous. But then in the second way, you're saying maybe that could also be understood in this way because there's the, the one way. And then there's the group that's like, hey, we should include these things kind mm-hmm. of like 
broaden the order mm-hmm. or or disorder, you know, yeah. however you want to say it, and then that in itself becomes like a homogenous. Pretty much what you're saying is like the need, the wants need to be homogeneous. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about making the goal seems to be that the goal yeah. needs to be homogeneous, right? The yeah. problem is that the difference in views amongst let's call it individuals or groups, uh, and the moment there is this different, dif- this is the difference that needs to be eliminated. The difference in view, not necessarily the difference in behavior or law or way of of being, because sometimes that can be there too, right? They can be part of the – it's confusing. I know what you're saying. So let's say me and you would decide that um, in our in our political group, we think that it's way too homogeneous because only people with long hair are uh, allowed to partake in the political uh, arena, right? Mm-hmm. And we say, well, this is way too uh, homogeneous, right? This is way too uniform. We need different people. We need also people with short hair to part- to partake in this political group. This wants, and then there is like other people that say not only only people with long hair needs to. Do it. So this is the difference that we need to iron out. Mm-hmm. This is what you're talking about when you're talking about differences. While instead on a, on another level, the problem is that things are all the same, and we are asking for for differences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess it's, it can be resolved still in the same way. Yep. Um, but if that's the case, do you do you think that in that case, like, war is intrinsically part of politics because politics is deals with those differences among people? So sooner or later, something like this is going to happen. So this would depend on no surprise the way you're <laughs> defining politics. So yeah. in in your case, I th- I don't remember, but I believe you said politics can exist in a voluntary society. Yeah. If you're including voluntarism in your definition of political, mm-hmm. then maybe not. Because, mm. like, to be voluntary is the exact opposite of war. But In what sense, though? Well, in the sense that if we're voluntarily interacting, it's like, yes, yes, let's engage. All right. And then the way we do things peacefully versus, hey, do this thing. No. Okay, let's fight. Well, but isn't it like, isn't implicit in the in the fact that we are going to, we're trying to negotiate something mm-hmm. and we discuss and sometimes the thing doesn't resolve that way and then we end up, starting a war like a first dialectic and then actual within the interaction if i if there's no will mm-hmm. for a confrontation i mean can we call that even war i mean if we're not talking that's just conquest that's mm-hmm. like i think it's a little bit different that becomes something different yeah i was i was including those things as one okay but if you want to make a distinction between those um, Actually, within the voluntary society, that's the only time where there could be war proper. If war is this confrontation, this ironing out of differences, because mm. otherwise, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just seeing. Let's go back to uh, remember we had the episode on disagreement. Yeah, 
Okay. One of the things that we wound up saying in the disagreement episode is that the alternative to disagreement is is war. Okay. Right? Because when you have a disagreement with someone, you talk about it. Uh-huh. You're peaceful. Yeah. Right? Most of the time. <laughs> uh, non-aggressive, let's say. Yeah. Not, I'm not hitting you. You're not hitting yep. me. And reasonable conversation is the alternative to war. Is the, the only alternative. Right. Like So either there's peaceful cooperation, right, or there is not that. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that um, what I was saying before is that if you have a society built completely on peaceful cooperation and you consider that political, mm-hmm. then war wouldn't be a necessary part of politics except if it's between it and a different, and a different society group. that's trying to conquest it. Mm-hmm. But um, in the case of the state, certainly. I, I would say it's certainly intrinsic to the definition of the state. The war, definitely. Yes. I... I honestly would say will say that we'll go even further and say that war is just a form of politics. There cannot be any politics without it. So okay, so you're of the the initial one we said that war is the most political thing, not the yeah. least political thing. I don't think they, I don't think politics can exist without at least the possibility of war. I think I would agree with that. That's there is no way, because by definition there is a possibility for disagreement for differences within the political spectrum and that can lead to war mm-hmm. and if, especially if we talk about two different groups that is like self-evident almost right that we were talking about this last time this this dichotomy between friends and enemies yes there seems to be kind of the specificity you can say of politics of what political or what political thought is um and if that's the case i think it's interesting to think the opposite, which is the fact that some people think that, oh, when war is happening, that is kind of when politics fails, right? Yeah, it's really interesting because I wonder if this is a verbal dispute. But possible. I, I, how would I say? I accept the possibility that it's not, mm. but I'm also like, maybe it is. Because in the one sense, if you understand war as... You, so, okay, here's order. Yeah. And you have certain norms. Yeah. And certain moral obligations, like pushes and pulls. Um, like, like I don't burn your house down and <laughs> put you in a cage and yeah. chop you up and things like that. Um, and then when a war happens, it's a total negation of that order. Okay. Now, if you look at it that way, one understands why you would say... It is like, oh, the breakdown of politics. But maybe that's too much of a zoom in. And if you zoom out, you see that that quote-unquote disorder is still for the sake of Uh, some Mm -hmm. order, which makes it ultimately political in nature. I'm wondering, though, and again, I'm wondering if there's even more to that, meaning that uh, maybe every political system and politics in general necessarily leads to war in order to survive, in order to exist, at least to the possibility of war in order to exist. What it would look like if there was never, ever a possibility of war and disorder? 
what would society look like? What, what would that change completely the way we organize ourselves? If war is this chaotic thing which we're talking about, the breakdown of stuff. Because I think that we behave and we interact with each other based on the assumption that if we don't, then some form of war, either tribal or state, will happen. If that doesn't, if the possibility is not there, if we start, if the possibility gets completely removed, then I think we start acting in a much, much different way. The entire, the mm. entire system will be different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it almost seems like almost a contradiction to say, like, well, imagine a society that didn't have these possibilities. Mm-hmm. Because I think you're right. We do ultimately behave the way we do because there's these consequences. I mean, this is the ring of Gaijis, right? This is just in the Republic, the idea that in order for this to exist, there has to be the possibility of losing it, Mm -hmm. of negation or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And could a political system exist without that? I don't think so. Again, no, it's like because authority can't exist without it. I was about to say, so if we take your specific way of looking at this, like if we if we truly 100% subscribe to the idea that all politics is authority and control, the only reason why politics can exist that way is because we are afraid of a state of war. Mm-hmm. Again, that cannot be otherwise. And possibly from time to time, we need to see reemerge, we need to see that reemerging. Uh, after periods of long peace, so to remind the subjects that that is a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. Without being conspirational here, but without uh, you know, um, kind of advancing any any, pol- any conspiracy theories, there is a possibility from time to time things need to go bad in order for us to be reminded of the fact that without the states will be trouble. Yep, that would be like the like if there's two ways to conceive of it, that would be the the top-down way, Mm -hmm. and then the bottom-up way would be something like every once in a while, we need to remind ourselves that, like, oh, this isn't permanent, Mm -hmm. and, like, we may need to, like, fight or do something because our way of life is fragile and it can be gone in a second. And I'm wondering, though, if there is something to, and again, I don't want to turn this into a human nature kind of discussion, but I think it's pertinent here. I'm wondering if in a sense, the state of the state of the universe, uh, in a, it's a state of war and violence. And politics, even though we think that you know it's, it's this man-made stuff, but we don't create any everything anything from nothing. Like mm-hmm. we still build things up with the tools that are given within this universe. Being part of the universe, inherently kind of takes on this violent and warlike characteristics our specific way of organizing ourselves which is politics it's like um i think it's possible to think that way mm. and by when i say that the universe is, is violent and, and a war i'm thinking literally like the natural world right yeah yeah and it's not animals it's like Think of the the like the cosmos. The, yeah, the, yeah. Think of the desert, right? And uh, and the fact that 
you need to extract water like you have war with the the with your surroundings mm. it's there the, the 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 sun is hot the 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 winter the winters are cold and you to survive you need to fight this it's like a constant fight it's almost like we are and we we're born in the stream of violence and 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 war and then we kind in in the trying to to survive this, we build an artificial kind of environment, mm. which is politics, that still, though, feeds... It's still part of this. Yeah, it's, it's just a microcosm. It's it's just the same thing, a little bit more uh, moderated. Yeah, I think this is interesting. It's like us taking control. It's like finally us being able to dominate the weather and, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the, the, the environment mm-hmm. at the expenses of everyone who was not us it's funny because if we take the view that what we're doing is somehow not a part of the natural world then it almost requires us to take the view that we exist outside of nature yeah right so maybe the the correct macro level way of thinking about war on like a societal level Mm -hmm. is to be like no no this is just a feature Mm mm-hmm of the natural world in general, and it's just one example of it. And so you're given all these examples of the fact that there's like supernovas and there's black holes and then there's deserts and the heat and I need water to survive. And so it seems like we're getting at this idea that the natural state is entropy. Definitely. Right? So just like disorder, uh, Mm -hmm. non-meaning, like chaos, something like that. And that when you have, how would you say, like blips mm-hmm. of order, this is an exception. So we are superimposing that to, to the... I don't know if I would say that mm. because there seems to be natural... Blips well, of order? Yeah, and I should choose a better word than natural, but non-human Im- imposed. Non-man-made? Non-man-made. So for example... Uh, and obviously this can be challenged, but the fact that the earth is just right for certain life forms to evolve, Hmm. right? So this is like a kind of order that has allowed things to progress, whereas we couldn't have done this if we were on Saturn. But And and again, just to to do just what you said, challenge it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are we sure that this is not just us injecting value and order like seeing value in order like anthropomorphizing this thing because it's true hurt is just right and for this life forms to develop and for all that we have to be the way it is mm-hmm. uh, almost undeniable but still at the expenses of something else is still within the chaos that this whole thing is the chaotic i don't think that there is a difference between um, i don't think that that we sh- should confuse chaos with um, lack of direction, right? Things can be chaotic and still they can produce certain things. That's interesting. Uh, hmm. Things can be chaotic and still have a direction. Somehow, yeah. The uh, universe is chaotic. It's expanding and it's expanding in specific directions, though, right? Right, right. Um, there's a difference between expanding and what's the, what will be the opposite? Contracting. Contracting, right? And it indicates two mm-hmm. different directions in which the universe is going, even though it's still chaotic. This is interesting. So 
that I know what I'm saying since it sounds paradoxical, but I don't think it's paradoxical. I think it's it's the view that nature is uh, capricious, mm-hmm. it's just random. Yeah, right. And that's certainly true it in, could be. in one mean, sense, at least to an extent. I think the issue that I would have with that is if you go that route, you run into the wall of everything is is disorder, uh, and it can lead to nihilism as well. Right? Well. True. I wasn't even going in that direction, but that's true. But that that there's no such thing as non-entropy. There are again. I think that there are. So everything is within the. Yes, entropy is everywhere. I don't think there is nothing that's not entropy, like in in the true sense. Hmm. But we're able to slow the entropic process a little bit by putting in place certain things, us as humans. We can slow it down, and we have regularities that we create. That really, maybe they're not there, but we create them. Uh, you know, if we want to use Kant on the phenomenal level, we create this this barriers that make this entropic process mm-hmm. slower. But still, but it's, it's artificial. Gonna, it's yeah, and it's going to go there. It's like anti-aging <laughs> products that you put right. They're artificial. Just they slows they down. slowed down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that's funny. That's uh, what it is. So I was actually going to bring up that word regularity. Uh-huh. And I was going to use that kind of in defense of what I was saying because if everything was entropic all the time, mm-hmm. then I don't think regularity could exist. Mm. And that- so I suppose my view is something like the fact that regularity does exist in the cosmos sometimes mm-hmm. shows that it's not just yeah. that that order isn't um merely a a construct of consciousness that's one way that you can look at it because so otherwise it's a feature of reality you're saying the, the uniformity of nature mm, yeah. right um of course one could rebut by saying that y- that uniformity is it's either not actually there it's only there in consciousness mm-hmm. or we don't know if it's actually there because it requires us to go beyond the scope of, of consciousness. And I accept that as a possibility. Um, wow. But at the end of the day, we both agree that total order is not the natural state. Definitely not. So <laughs> something like negation, disorder, struggle, conflict, imperfection is war baked into nature itself i think it's undeniable yeah i think so i think it might just be a disagreement about extent the amount of it yeah sure. and i think that also we're using entropy in a slightly different way that's possible so i had in my head like the, the, the almost scientific definition of it like this entropy intended as this constant dissipation of getting stuff. worse yeah mm. the, this this idea that you know the amount of, i think the it's, it's originally has to do with temperature, like their things get colder or warmer. I don't remember right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. But pretty much energy dissipates little by little, little by little. There's always less and less and less, and which means that, again, this thing uh, goes even more in a chaotic direction, uh, while you are using it more as a, almost a, a synonymous of chaos. Right? As like disorder. As disorder. Yes, well, yes. I'm, I'm thinking like everything dissipates. This mm-hmm. is why I'm making the aging 
kind of uh, example, right? Things end up destroying themselves little by little, no matter what we do. And the only thing that we can do is like, again, slow it down. Politics, societies, right? Sooner or later, species, they get extinct, right? Mm -hmm. We can do things, we can try to conserve it somehow, but we're going to, there's no way that in 100 years there's still pandas. It's impossible, (laughs) right? They will eventually stop completely Uh existing. Uh, Or even us, it's conceivable that eventually we'll go away. Oh, yeah. I mean, by the way, I just read earlier, did you hear that there was some, I don't know how old, but very old virus that has resurfaced in the glaciers because they're melting? Yeah, in the the Siberian permafrost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and... It's not like anything serious yet because they say it only can infect single cell yeah, organisms. Yeah. But like, <gasps> yeah, that's all we need another <laughs> virus, really. But that's, you know, yeah, yeah. That's a curveball, right? It is a cur- So the fact that curveballs exist yes. is always interesting. Yes. The fact that like a, a black swan, like something yeah. unpredictable, unpredictable could right. happen, yeah. always kind of keeps us in check. And there there is always that unpredictability. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, I think we would agree that. The desire for order or the seeing order as order is only arises with the existence of consciousness. I do you think so? I yeah, think I thought like, that's kind of what you were. Yeah, no, 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 yes, yes. So that it exists only because we make it. Yes, in that or sense. like the want. Yeah. It's almost like, like usually we define consciousness in terms of awareness, yeah. in terms of. Um, qualia and knowledge and yeah, stuff yeah. right and there's like another way that you can look at consciousness as like the imposition of order, order or where, the or the seeing of order where it's not truly there where it's not truly there at or, least as such or they might not be there yes as such yes. like if we go with the Kantian kind of thing right yes yes uh yeah no definitely it seems to be a feature of 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 again so, the only reason why I was I was slowing down with the consciousness stuff because I'm thinking, do animals do that too? That's a great question. I do uh, not know because I'm trying to see they fight. They fight. They do fight because I'm trying to see. Do they always do things like kind of the same way, thinking that they're going to get the same result? Because if they do, then in that case, they're kind of thinking that there's a specific order in things. They kill to eat. And there's patterns to what they do, so it's. At, I'm thinking the uncharitable interpretation would be like it's a really well-oiled computer, and then the more charitable explanation would be they're they're thinking and. No, I'm thinking even about stuff like you know building a nest somewhere, taking care of the offspring, mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know, literally throwing them out of the nest so they start flying and stuff like that. Do they, and as you say, we can think like they're just machines and they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of the machine like implies somebody who's built a machine and we're just moving the, the, the stick. Talking about God now? Yeah. Th- I mean, if you if you go there, that's, this is the thing. This is the, I always say this. Descartes was able to think of animals as machines, which is where we get this idea pretty much. He was the one who started doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe Aristotle there too, but Descartes is the one who makes it explicit only because Descartes believes that there is God who created those machines because otherwise we cannot think that. Hmm. Otherwise we have to think that just that they just work on a different level most likely. 
I think. I, something I just, I just thought of is like the conversation about whether the spontaneous order yeah. is a thing. Uh, right? I would say no. Okay. This makes sense. Yeah. And it seems like I would say maybe yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one little line in the sand. But Okay, good. And something else I was going to say is like what – what does this mean? This is a weird thing to say. What does this mean for the role of consciousness in the natural world when it comes to war? Is it like a continuation of it or is it trying to overcome it? Because if it is the ordering, like the logos, you could see it as the attempt to overcome. But like it itself creates wars, so it's weird. I think so there are a bunch a bunch of like uh, if you think of Heraclitus, right? Uh he was the one that says the war is like mm. the it's the way the universe is. Because it's just change. And, and it's logos, right? Mm-hmm. That does that. I think that it is the war is a way in which Cautious consciousness like goes into hyperdrive and goes like, okay, I cannot tame this. I cannot figure this out any different way. This is the only way I can do it. We're just going to plow through it. There's going to be a little bit of mm. of disorder for a little bit, but then the result is going to be more order. So, oh, okay. So it does it because this this works. What we were saying before because the end goal is a new order. Yeah. It doesn't do it just for the sake of disorder. Yeah, you're you're trying to impose more order. Where and you there's just have no to take order. a like a shortcut through disorder to, to yeah, it's like, get there. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's like you know, I'm gonna need to think of it this way. Sometimes we need to go from point A to point B, and then we realize that there's a lot of people going from point A to point B all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we make the decision, for example. And there's like a, a road that goes there. We're going with the car. And then there's a bunch of people going there. And then we make the decision like, you know what? I'm going to need to make the road the road bigger. So what do we do? For a little while, we make it more difficult for us to get there because there's going to be work, you know, road work there. So slow down. Mm-hmm. But then the goal is to make the road bigger so we can go faster. It's kind of the same thing. Maybe through consciousness, we see that there's this disorder. We try to overcome the disorder as much as we can. Then we get to a point where there's a roadblock and we need to remove it. And the only way to remove it is that. And it's by action. Yeah, it's by, by literally like plowing through it. Yeah, I mean, it's seem, it seemingly... Which means, I mean, I, I have two things in my head uh, when it comes to this. Number one... And I don't want, I really don't want people to think this. But if we are right, we're kind of trying, we're kind of saying that war is natural? Inevitable. Inevitable? Are we saying also that it's somehow justified all the time? That was going to be my next question. Is it justified? Well, let's see. Can it be justified? And if so, when? That's the questions. I mean, this is, to me, this plays, like, in my court, in a sense, because this is the danger of naturalism, right? This is the danger of rationalism, uh, the enlightenment of rationalism, right? Because if, and this is also 
the danger of positive liberties way of thinking. Because if we justify this with more order and making this more order is the only way that we have to kind of slow down this entropy that's going on, then it is justified at all times. Mm-hmm. And of course, there are illegitimate wars, right? We can say that there's some that are not uh, actually fought to create more order, but they disorder stuff more. Mm-hmm. But then depends on which side you look at you look at it from. So I think that depending if we go with a naturalist way, sort of thing, sort of, sort of thinking the way we're describing, mm-hmm. then all of them are justified. There is no, That's there cannot be any unjustified war, which is scary. You're just periodically looking at the the World Cup. Yeah, I gotta gotta see this. <laughs> the, okay, side question. Yeah, sports. Yes, as war. Yes, right? they can be a symbol of yeah. war. Um, chess. Chess. Go, go back to that. Exactly. Argument. Yeah. Philosophy. But um, to respond to the thing you're saying, I feel like it may not be the case that it's always justified. I see two options. Option one is it's neither justified nor not justified. It just is. is. Right? Um, And that way it's almost like value neutral. Of course, if you then add the caveat that what is is good then then you would say it's justified but the the other option is if you're a rationalist or like an enlightenment thinker it's not as if you would say order for the sake of order is good right like i feel like war would only be intrinsically always justified if you took that approach Mm mm-hmm and so the solution to that would have to be like there's rules, there's boundaries, mm-hmm. there's certain definitions and values and criteria that have to be met in order for this thing to be justified. And I mean, I guess my question to you is, do you think there is ever a situation where it could be justified or you like very easily like, nope, always unjustified? War? Yes it's hard right it's because it's there are situations where so i think that war in itself so there's not let's put it this way there are not good wars all wars are bad okay which is not the same as saying they're not justified, or justified. right right all wars are bad and if you ask me i think it's always bad to go and fight them I think that some of them, however, can be justified. That doesn't mean that they are, but they can be justified. Most of them... and the, So, I'm under the impression that in my lifetime, so that doesn't include World War II, for example, or things like that, okay. the war that I have seen and I have recollection of, so for example, I don't have recollection of Vietnam War, the Korean War, those things I don't remember... So it's like Gulf Wars, for example. I remember, uh, uh, I painfully remember the one that they're fighting right now. Uh, Fortunately, we're not involved yet directly. Um, I remember the war, um, the Afghan Afghan War and all those Mm -hmm. things. I'm under the impression that, again, the war that I witnessed are all unjustified because they're not there. They were not there 
not even to create this order thing. Mm. And they were motivated not by this distinction in lifestyles, we can say, but rather they were fought for economic reasons or power struggles. Uh, in one case, you know, kind of, I go back there because you disrespected my dad, so I go back there again. Like, these are the reasons. And these don't seem to be following the natural order of stuff. Mm. Uh, going back to the to the Enlightenment stuff, though, it's interesting that I say that they would justify the wars because then Kant is the one that writes, like, rules for the perpetual peace stuff, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. How do I achieve that? Which he kind of wants to... Well, he's Kant, so he wants to make sure to rationalize how we, we avoid all this. Uh, but I was saying... There is a danger, however, in thinking that what I'm saying, they're not justified wars. They all were unjustified. And I think that the danger is it's kind of what we are experiencing today. If you think about the experience of the war in general, we kind of uh, take it away from the groups and we put it like within inside the society, within the within specific society. I think that we can see how we have evolved, at least in the United States, to the society that despises any sort of conflict. Ah, yeah, I see the connection. As much as we keep on saying that the country is divided, there is a lot of conflict, that I think that the problem is the opposite, that we paradoxically we have conflict because we don't want to have conflict. <laughs> I mean, there is an entire host of people, an entire generation of people would say that they are it's kind of what we were saying actually before that because they're afraid of disagreement and confrontation, then they result into war because they want to make things quite up. ironic. They want to make things absolutely uniform and it's either you are with me or you cannot exist. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, I think there's something that we need to talk about, like how war can be, can be produced by, by the quote unquote non war. <laughs> exactly. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I totally see that. Um, like some of the things I was wondering when you were talking is like, under what specific conditions could a war be justified? Um, Self-defense. Oh, we got to define that, though. Right? Um, let's say, well, how would I phrase this? Attempting to correct a perceived problem. So being um, less so defensive and more so proactive so that you don't have to be defensive later on. Like preventive war kind of thing? Uh, like something like that. Or, or trying to accomplish a quote-unquote good elsewhere that doesn't directly affect you, at least at the moment. Okay. So there's all these different things. So one is like... The United States gets attacked, right? And then you're justified to defend yourself. Something like that, right? Okay. Another one is uh, World War II intervention, right? To, to save the the order of the world. Nazis, bad. Nazis, <laughs> right? Definitely. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and and you might say because that one would have affected us or our allies mm -hmm. had it had it gone on, right? Third option. Something like Saddam Hussein bad, 
right? Where where it wasn't exactly like World War Two, where you had these like growing powers consuming the continent. It was, it was kind just, of like this bad thing happening in this one part yeah, of this, the world. This guy is a nuisance. Let's take it out. Right, right. Um, and then if you establish those as different types, you can kind of map them onto current stuff. Like, how do you deal with the Ukraine thing? Yeah. Slash Russia thing, or the North Korea thing, or the China thing, yeah. and you're like, okay, under what circumstances would this be? It's, so the, the question is again: Are there situations where war will be justified? <sighs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the self-defense seems intuitive, right? You attack me, I defend myself. Right, right. Um, What's the extent of the defense, though? That's the question. Like, what is the goal? Because exactly. so what 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 would the goal become? Is reestablishing the order that was before, or destroying this, or retribution? Exactly. Right. So think of post nine eleven. Yeah. Okay. So when you you had like alluded to indirectly this, mm-hmm. right? Where you're like, oh, my dad, yeah. resources, economic, whatever, but. This is not how it was sold. Sold. Of course. Right? It was like, we were attacked. This is crazy. We have to go kill these people. Because they just like, A, A, like, for the thing you said, you hit me, I hit you back. Two, to make a statement globally that, like, you can't just do this without there being repercussions. Yes. And so, and three... we cannot have you threatening, like, quote-unquote, our way of life, right? Sure. So the question is, you can have, like, this... And, w- and by the way, yeah. all those things are understandable. Uh-huh. But if we want to talk about the historical thing, mm-hmm. you end up going to the wrong place, mm-hmm. killing the wrong people. Oh, you certainly could. Yeah, yeah. And just not doing any of these things. You could absolutely. And you actually mess up your internal situations by mm-hmm. spending a ton of money to pay, <laughs> like, those people that are not even in your army to pay mercenaries. But and it's, like, much. never ending. Never ending. Right, and you have these, like, set up things in countries that you didn't even know. Yeah. And you're like, what, we have troops over there? Because, again, you, I mean, we all know that it wasn't Iraq. No weapon of mass destruction. Nothing was there. We we're supposed to go not even to Afghanistan, but to Pakistan, which I was remember the Pakistan. Yeah. So we're and but nobody did, and everybody was like, "Oops, mistake." <laughs> so, so this is the question: is like, if post nine eleven retaliation would have been directed specifically at what, like killing the terrorist groups responsible for doing this, then you would, would that, say would have been justified. I would yeah. Been, uh, I think it would have been understandable. Okay. You, okay. I'm not Why not justified? Be, because I think that there is no way that but again, this is, goes beyond just the war stuff for me. Uh I don't think there's no way that you can do anything good with that. There's like zero zero good that comes out of that. It doesn't solve the problem. It does not. So so for example, simple oversimplified. Yeah. Bin Laden. Yeah. Right? If you get him. If you get him. Yeah. He dies. Yeah. Not a solution. 
Because no. there's, there's continual stuff happening regardless. No. Wouldn't it be much better? You arrest them and you try them and you just get the satisfaction that you need this way instead of just going and invade a country to do that? I don't know. Well, well th- this is the question is now like what if the I'm, goal is – I'm not saying the violence is not justified. The violence is justified and mm-hmm. justifiable in certain occasions. Right. Is the act of war that not necessarily justified? Specific type of violence. Exactly. So, okay, like let's say you, you redirect it and you say something like, it's not Bin Laden, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and don't even just think about 9-11. Think about any situation where there is terrorist attacks either in the United States or on mm-hmm. Americans in other countries, whatever. It's like, And this is why terrorism is difficult. Because it's just perpetual, right? Yes. So if the goal is like kill all ISIS terrorists, <laughs> like terrorists. Mm-hmm. kill all the Taliban, mm-hmm. right? Like kill all the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I suppose my question is are those I'm, – I'm assuming you're going to say – they're understandable, and in theory, it could be justified. But the fact is, like, that that can't actually happen, and so exactly. it just becomes this ongoing exactly. thing, right? Exactly. But on top of it, even if we so, if we decide that we have a hit list of the ten people that we need to kill, mm-hmm. I think that even though we call that war on terror, that is not actually war, because war implies and entails political systems clashing with Mm -hmm. each other it's not just the united states versus bin laden that's not war sounds like a a court case right yeah yeah. that's not war we're trying we're targeting a group of people that are trying to do harm to us but they're not organized politically it's not like the allies versus the axis powers so that for example that for me would be a, a much more difficult situation how can i say that the war against Nazi Germany is not justified. That is like super hard to say that it's not justified. I mean, I'm like, sure you've like, heard literally justifications, every- though, for that position. Yeah, of course. It would be something like it is breaking the, uh, uh, the non-interventionist principle. And so it, in itself... It doesn't directly concern the interests of the United States. It just like creates more. Here's a phrase we haven't used: unintended consequences. Yeah. Right. So I feel like this is, and not saying I take that position, but that's know. like what people would say. I've heard say, argue against that. Right. I've heard people jokingly say like, "Oh yeah, you should have just let like the the Soviets and the Nazis kill each other, and then that would have been, you know, <laughs> this is more <laughs> this is, yeah. uh, Well, the the problem that. So, but if we're talking about principles, right, then the issue becomes if would the would it be justified for the Soviet to go to war against the Nazis? So that would be justified because of their specific interests. So but in this case we're saying the justification for war is just self interest. Mm-hmm. But there's still grounds over which this is justified. But I'm saying it specifically for World War Two, it's like it's so hard to take the, the well again with terrorism it's kind of easy like you know we why you didn't need to go into Iraq and start a war there you just target the people that did this there were people, there's an organization that's I don't know it, it's like it's we'll be saying like you know what uh, BMW mm-hmm. uh, BMW is is doing something um, that is 
somehow uh, disrupting the economy of the United States. It's doing something bad for the United States. And therefore, I am going to go and bomb Germany. It's what's the word? Because because the place where they where they departed from was yeah. Germany. It's like overcompensating. Yeah, it's like what? It's just find the company. It's just mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. It's not Germany. Is the specific organization, the company that does that? So okay, what about like because so far this is like international yeah. wars. Something we haven't discussed is a quote unquote civil war, mm-hmm. um, like a, a war that happens within one body. This is the one you were bringing up in the beginning, where within the one community there's like a division, mm-hmm. where certain people want this, the order's like no, and then at some point this this causes. A ruckus. Is it that justified, you say? Well, under what conditions could it be justified? Uh, let me ask you, is it justified now? Is what justified now? <laughs> would, a, would, a, would a civil war be justified now? Wow, what a question <laughs> to ask. <laughs> I know you weren't going to be happy about this. Uh, huh, huh. Uh, <laughs> let's say... I'm joking. I'll, take a, I'll take a nuanced answer. I'm j- no, but I'm saying... Do you know what I'm saying, though? I'm, I'm asking a different... Uh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. question is rather... Are there differences that we seem to have right now enough to justify some sort of a the two options that you said, one part eating the other one or the split? Like a secession. Yeah. Yeah. In the past, it seems like when there was a civil war here, that seemed to be the case. We thought yep. that that was justified over whatever reasons mm-hmm. there were here. Are we at that point? Because I can – I mean – a day doesn't go by where on the news you don't hear somebody saying that this is possible. <laughs> right, right, and this right. is like Americans, they don't like each other anymore. It's mm-hmm. like oh, this, this part and this other part. So is, are we there? I don't know. Uh, is it a cold civil war? Like, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because cause I, there's maybe a difference between a split and a war because mm-hmm. the war seems to only come into play where the split is not allowed to take place where okay. like like my arm wants to leave my body and the rest of my body is like no you can't do that mm-hmm. so like if new jersey wanted to secede from the union and then they were like no you can't do that like that's when there would be war a fight or when if someone in new jersey was like i don't like what you're doing in connecticut and then we started like going Target. to connecticut and using mm-hmm. force to prevent mm-hmm. them from doing whatever so, yeah. I guess, yeah. So you're thinking that, all right, is it, but I think that before you said something interesting, you were talking about the cold civil war stuff, mm-hmm. right? We're definitely in the position where it is possible. It's, you can fathom the fact that this can happen, right? And because of that, we are in a, we can say that we are in a deeply political state right now in the United States. Like politics comes to the forefront because we have those division what kind of politics stays nobody pays attention and politics takes up you know goes in the back burner the moment we are more unified right Mm -hmm. is that because that will be that will fit the narrative that we're trying to kind of absolutely absolutely so maybe the system is benefiting from this somehow the machine is at the forefront yes Hmm. The machine is benefiting from, and I'm not talking about you know. That's uh, people people might think that I'm talking about the fact that the politicians are corrupted or the media this, and this benefits them. Uh, 
almost, you know, economically or anything like that or with power. No, I'm talking about the system itself, right? The political system in itself, the American democracy, mm-hmm. in order to keep on perpetuating and going towards this ultimate goal of complete order, it needs to be to keep relevant. And the only way in which we keep relevant, which this political machinery keeps relevant, it is by showing us that there is division which and is disorder. weird because you usually think people typically think of democracy as like peaceful and like whatever but like the concept of division is like an intrinsic part of democracy yeah absolutely. right and so i I'm, I'm wondering if this is kind of what you mean by system it's like we have to keep it flowing mm-hmm. we have to keep the the dialectic going it's almost like um if you turn on CNN. It's mm-hmm. literally like Sports Center. Dun, 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 bum, 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 with like the headers and the color and the crazy production value. Yeah. And you're like, there's just statistics everywhere. If you watch on election night, they're like John Madden with the screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you watch a debate. Like I remember the, the Trump Hillary debates. Oh, and we were like, this is insane. I remember the. Um, the debates, the last cycle, whatever they were, where they would like say the person's name and have like a little two second clip with them talking and then like some dramatic picture. And I was like, this is a football game. <laughs> it is. It and is. so I'm wondering if this is kind of what you're talking about. And it is funny to see like it was less, it's more 50 50 now than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like if you look about the Johnson versus Goldwater mm-hmm. thing, that was like a blowout. Yeah. If you look at the Reagan election, even more of a blowout. Like okay. he won like ninety something percent of the vote. There was like one state okay. that the opponent won. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it today. Oh. And it's like a- it just so happens to be fifty fifty yeah. all the time. And this is this is the democratic process, right? That in embodies the possibility of war and the possibility of conflict in there. And this is Plato. This is Plato. Right? There is much more I was about to say there's much more less conflict in dictatorships. Dictatorships are super uniform and there's no conflict ever. Ever. You want to be in a place where everybody thinks like you? Just go to a dictatorship. <laughs> this is just uh, this is the way it is, isn't yeah. it? Partially because the one that disagree are killed, maybe. Maybe. But seriously, though, if you let's put it this way, if I fully buy into democracy, I think it's necessary that I fully buy into the possibility of constant conflict and and civil wars and civil wars. Yeah. If I fully buy, if there's such thing as fully buying, which there is, into a specific system that is not democratic, where there's one guy that decides everything, if I buy into the values that that guy, the dictatorship, promotes, I am buying into absolute order and absence of conflict. Mm. So paradoxically, dictatorships are less conflictual <laughs> and there are less possibilities for violence and war in there yeah. than there are in Relative to itself. Than there are in democracies. Yeah, so where does that leave us? You know, it's like, <laughs> what do trouble. you... How are you supposed to rectify these two facts? Like, is there some alternative? Is there some way you can correct for these things? He's uh, making faces. It's like, because it's scary, right? Because... If we go with, and I'm not saying that this is what I necessarily think, but if we take these things, if we believe that this is the way things are, 
we have to hope for a universal dictatorship when there is <laughs> there is one set of values, uh-huh. one guy or a group of guys, whatever it is, that decide. And we need to buy into this, though. It cannot be imposed, right? That we can buy into. And there is like the truth, the way of being, mm-hmm. the good, and all this things. Oh, it's the UN. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we all buy into this, and then there's no more war. And politics goes away. So interesting. Well, I mean. Well, instead, if there is a global democracy, yeah. that is constant war from one police place to the other. It seems like. In, competing there's competition within democracy in democracies well and and I, I suppose to be clear we're in like the the representative democracies right rather than mm-hmm. pure democracy whereas that one i think is even more more constant chaotic, war, yeah. right um but there have been like ebbs and flows right like periods in us our history where it, it wasn't like this and politics was more the back in the background so i you know, as negative as it sounds, I'm maybe going the route you said you weren't, which is that it does benefit, you know, mm-hmm. like media companies and politicians and, and things like this. And it sells and it definitely. gets clicks. Definitely, definitely. Let me ask a question, though. Uh, would you say that this, this historical situations where politics was more in the background, were there time, were this times more of time where there was less? Participation, let's call it. Not participation, Ooh. meaning was this the time where there was more of a strong man in charge? This is a good question. I mean, in the sense of like a dictator, no. No, not dictator, but, you know, more mm. of a centralized kind of, this is the way we do this. This is America. This is the way we do things. And kind of there were no wavering. The consent that you're saying, like not, the Reagan thing was 90-some percent, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was this a period of time where... There's a specific set of values. We're all buying into it. There's no doubt. We're doing things. There's no conflict because we uh-huh. Americans are contraposing ourselves to the Soviet uh, Union. There, there was way more of a a pride into being cultural identity and homogeneity of values, right? So it seems like so this consistent with buying into a set of values, not a dictatorship, but right? A set right. Of values. No, that's right. Like because um, the the more similarities there are. The more like values you share with people, the less avenues for for conflict there is. Sure. So, is it possible that we are? And I think this is true on both sides, right? There is this this search for the strong man or strong woman uh, to kind of take over and tell us what to do because we're longing for order. We're longing for no it. more conflict. I'm tired. That's I just it. want you to do shit, and that's it. Yep, uh, that is certainly one way of looking at it, is that there's a longing for that order and stability because people are much more maybe aware of uh, entropy now, directly or indirectly, because we have too much information, because I'm too self-conscious, I'm always thinking about my state, so there's like these increased rates of anxiety and depression and suicide, right, because I'm too aware but this is scary because that leads to a lack of democracy. We're looking for less of that. Hmm. Right? If we, if what we're saying is, he's at least reasonable. Yeah. So, but I it's, guess, as usual, I think we are more confused than when so. we started. That's, but this was a difficult one. It's like Plato, right? When we talk and we have a question, and then someone tunes in, they're like, I'm going to figure out what is justice. <laughs> and, then, and then I read the whole book, and then we're like, 
I didn't get the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. We're the modern day Plato. <laughs> Something like that. I know it's it's tough. I hope that I hope one day we'll get in one episode mm-hmm. when we get out of there and be like, that's it. We got it. I feel like you said this in a recent one. You were like, Oh, we solved one thing. I don't know if it was the technology one. But did we really or not? There's little victories along the way. True. Here, you're, here's what I always say. Even if we don't arrive at the truth or like a solution, we move away from the false. True. Or the the problem <laughs> or, or something at like least that. We hope so. and, and one other thing about this episode that was strange to me is the fact that we disagreed less than what I thought we would. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Yeah. Do you feel the same way or no? He's thinking. Yeah, I mean, I don't I didn't see any Glitter. obvious lines in the sand. I mean, there were little things mm-hmm. in terms of definitions, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering which one is the episode where we had this, the most disagreement. That's interesting. Because what I, are you going to say? But I think it's the work one. Interesting. The meaning of work was the one that we disagreed the most, I want to say. I had a prediction for the one that we were going to disagree the most on, but we never did it. Oh. Which one was it? Then you have a nature one? Yeah. Oh, we'll do that eventually. Yeah. That'll come. Oh, yeah, that's probably coming up soon. We'll see. All right, guys. Uh, see you soon for 85 next one. See you soon for 85. This will be holiday ish. Oh, yeah. Is towards Christmas. Was it and next stuff. week? Uh, um, next one next yep. week so alright well see you later see ya